people, the places, and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. It's Topo Dealer who travels sweetly. Uh, coming off the bit there is Trommel Schlager, now the favourite. High cost gets to the outside. Then Baby Merlin and Gadfly into the straight. 450 metres to go. And on the outside, High cost lays it down to Topo Dioro. Baby Merlin goes back to the fence of Trommel Schlager and uh, still on the inside there is Gadfly. It's the Johnson pair. On the inside, Topo Dioro at the 200 joined by High cost who went straight on by. The favourite High cost exploded at the 150. Got two and three in front, racing to second there, Baby Merle and Taco Dioro, but it's all over. High cost wins it impressively, Paul Randall suits up and slips the crowd. Beats on the outside there, maybe Baby Merlin, who's doing its best work lately. Icos taking out Saturday's Nuramar Cup in their once-a-year program. The Nuramar picnics on the weekend with Andrew Watts there with the call and Paul Randall as part of a riding double that he managed to score at the program. As we welcome you to Bushbeat for another week here on Radio Tab, rounding up all of the country news and results from the week of racing. News on the show this morning of Galea Warriors win in the Matchelton Cup. We're also going to talk about what happened at the Gundawindi picnics on the weekend. Folkestone taking out the cup there. Plenty of doubles to look back at on the weekend and also news out of what happened at Rockhampton last Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Very impressive win by Sizzlating in the Country Cup on the Friday program. The two-year-old classic on Saturday going to Valley Rattler in the three- and four-year-old championship to Natural Emperor and some very, very good results out of the 2021 Capricorni yearling sales held on Sunday in Rockhampton. We've got a stack of news to get through on Bushbeat this week and helping us out with that news each and every week as always is Rob Luck. Good morning, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony, and uh, what a wonderful weekend for country racing across the board. Uh, you mentioned the win of Sicilating going into Rockhampton and coming in with six wins in a row now, coming off those that big bar called and formed the previous Saturday. We've got stories about young groups of owners who are starting to really make their mark in country racing uh, with their wins, and it's leading through to things like yearling sales, the Capricornia yearling sale that was on the weekend. But, Tony, it was great to also see in those Rockhampton results that Craig Smith out of Roma bookending the program on the Friday meeting with some good odds there with Chester's Angel in the uh, first event on the program and big odds of $41 about Scorpio's Sunset. So that led to Craig, of course, being at the sales and managing to snare a, a yearling of his choice, which is great to see. So across the board... Tony, this rocky weekend is really cementing itself, isn't it, into the uh, the calendar and the prize money on offer that goes with the two and three year old, two, three and four year old uh, cutest championships. That's phenomenal prize money now, with first prize money of seventy two thousand five hundred for the two year old classic, and forty two thousand seven hundred for the three and four year old. Yeah, prize money all up of two hundred thousand between just those two races alone on the uh, the Saturday program. And as you say, Rob, it's really finding its feet and finding its place in the calendar. And uh, Tom Button, um, I'm pretty sure. I thought Tom had got the double uh, last year or the year before. I might be wrong there. I know that Flying Crackerjack that ran second for Tom in the three- and four-year-old handicap, he's run second again this year. He did last year as well. But Valley Rattler, this Denman two-year-old, won at Eagle Farm back in March and started surprisingly good, good odds of $4, beat, beating local Tim Cook, Acosta Wind, Augusta Wind, and Montana Knight for Clinton Taylor into third. An exciting race, but a dominant win there. But how about the result of this combination? Young people in racing just love it. Tom Smith, 
young trainer, son of Fred Smith, and his sister, Ellie Smith. Natural emperor, the Holy Roman Emperor, the three-year-old filly, first up since October, mind you, and it's done all its racing in the north. It's raced mainly at Mackay, Rockhampton, etc., and it proved too strong in the end over Flying Crackerjack and Battle Through. And, Tony, we must wish Ellie Smith all the best this weekend. Her wedding is this weekend. In fact, a few jockeys are going to be absent from meetings. I know they're attending the wedding. Congratulations to you, Ellie. You're combining the career of teaching, marrying a lovely young bloke, I believe, in Jesse Beak, and I know his grandparents well, Ron and Val Beak. I'm sure they'll be there, and they'll be very proud of the occasion. And I see their names appeared in the Capricorn Yearling Sales. But uh, great to see Ellie uh, will be celebrating this weekend. I think Tom might be up for a decent wedding present after that <laughs> win of Natural Emperor. I was going to say, who who in the racing game gets married on a Saturday? But with racing <laughs> being just about a seven-day-a-week, 363-days-a-year type industry these days, where do you find a spare day to try and go and get married? I think with Ali's teaching career, she might have to target the weekend as well with the school holidays coming to an end. But uh, that was wonderful results coming out of Rockhampton and Ryan Wiggins uh, getting a double and Ashley Butler getting doubles on the weekend as well. And Kyle Wilson-Taylor making his first appearance up there, uh, scoring a double as well. But, oh, we were pretty excited out here when Sicilating got up by a nose over Van Winkle, Longreach trained, and Demiral from Glenda Bell Stable in uh, Emerald and Manila misses in form that country form really stacked up you got to be impressed with this scintillating and now we've got Balenti going to Townsville uh, this Thursday another of the sizzling breed and I wasn't surprised to see a sizzling uh, in fourth place in the Capricorn yearling sales statistics at $40,000 but yeah we were pretty excited uh, after that run on Thursday Tony. Quite amazing and you and I were uh, messaging backwards and forwards after uh, Friday's results uh, how the, the country did come together and made their way to Rockhampton for that country cup of I think uh, what did we have uh, Calden, Longreach, Emerald uh, filled the top three placings uh, and then I think uh, Dolby was fifth, Tarum was sixth and tenth, Wandai was ninth, Eidsvold was eleventh. These are where the trainers are based. It was just really good to see the the number of country trainers that were making the trip up there chasing the good prize money. Yeah, very much so. And it just shows that depth starting to really come back into country racing. And when they get this opportunity to go in and snare 14,000 first prize money, uh, they they really take the opportunity. And uh, congratulations, Apprentice Alicia Ross. I thought she rode a very heady race there to get the result. And uh, she drove herself in and back um, to uh, Rocky. And unfortunately, at Longreach the next day at our meeting, she had to be stood down from dehydration after race one. But what a what a feather in the cap for her to kick home scintillating for Todd Austin and Nona Pam Carolyn. We're pretty excited out here with this horse. But it continued on Sunday with the Capricorn yearling sales. And uh, thank you, Tony McMahon, for all the notes he sent through to me because basically this sale is an all-time record. The vendors were absolutely thrilled. It's continued the trend of the yearling sales being strong. And these vendors will be back next year. And we mentioned Tom Button and trainers like Clinton Taylor, they snared four each. And I know uh, Tom's varied from prices of 5000 upwards and, and Clinton's was uh, certainly in uh, the average area of the sale, which came at 20167 I think Clinton was even a lot higher than that. Um, but including the Magic Millions March sales, there's about 90 yearlings coming to the Rockhampton area, and this is totally unprecedented. They're looking at a massive 2021-22. And look, it's taken many years for Cutis to really 
get off the ground with every area, but it's there to stay, and uh, they really lap it up now, and this just is, it's just the backbone, and it's starting to flow through. And I've got to say, Tony, this will be the first, I reckon the first and only time that I'll have any association to do with the leading priced yearling mm-hmm. of any yearling sale. I'll make the most of it because, as you well know and our listeners know, as part owner of Rocket to Glory, who we bought for 20000 John Mansman and I, well, here's the half-brother by Heroic Valor. Good on you, Basil Nolan and Raheem Studge. 67500 and congratulations, I believe, Tony Fenlon, the purchaser, of course, the CEO of Rocky Racing and manages the, uh, the sales that the Rockhampton Jockey Club now manages. What a great result there for that uh, family because he did most of his, well, his two-year-old racing in that central Queensland area, Rocket to Glory. So I'm going to lay claim to that. It'll be the only time I have anything to do with the leading lot in any sale. It's quite amazing. And you've got to put it all into context and into a little bit of perspective. You know, the, the gross might have been just shy of $1.5 million And, you know, it was a fairly... Uh, slim catalogue when you compare it and you can't really compare it's not you know apples with oranges sort of thing but you compare it to some of the other sales that have been going on around the place but compare it year on year with the uh, the previous Capricornia sales it's amazing how it has gone from strength to strength that average of 20,167 uh, phenomenal median price of 20,000 I sat there logged in with the uh, online bidding thinking there might be some bargains here but <laughs> they weren't going to pop up it just made my Sunday very interesting being able to continue to look at it. and great to see in that list of uh, sires that sires like sizzling uh, in the top five of course better than ready heroic valor with uh, two lots in the top ten but new sires such as Co- Koyabashi and uh, also Sebring Sun scoring in the top uh, 10. So congratulations Tony Fenlon and the team. Very well presented from what I could see on the on the whole uh, online show and an all-time record. You can't ask for more than that, Tony. Going to be a, uh, a big uh, turnaround here 12 months down the track when, we, as you say, some 90 yearlings going into the uh, central Queensland region. And I think at the same time, Rob, we've got to probably give kudos to Racing Queensland too because you can't have horses without having races, so the programming has to support that. It's a bit of a catch-22. You can't have races without horses, so we need more uh, horses going into the area, but then they need races to race. So we need more races in the area. One goes hand in glove with the other. So I think it's a a great thing and it's seen as a, a great sign of support for racing in the region. And haven't we come a long way from the days where some of our two-year-old races, our cutest races in the early days would fall over or they, they needed, thank goodness for the propping up from people like Stan Johnson, John Mansman and other trainers who are on board early. It's come a long way since then. I don't think there's going to be any falling over of uh, races with cutest money from here on in, Tony. We've got uh, a big week of racing coming up this week. Uh, we'll talk more about that as the show rolls on, but we've got lots to look back at from the weekend just completed. We're going to kick things off, Rob, by catching up with Brett Moody, who's in meetings this morning but filed this report for us on what happened at the Gundawindi picnics on the weekend. Good morning boys uh, the Gundawindi uh, picnic race has provided one of the biggest social events of the year at the McIntyre River Centre on Saturday 2000 pre-sold uh, tickets uh, there was a, a capacity uh, COVID uh, crowd, they had beautiful weather and most commented that Sylvester Track has been presented in the 12 year history of the turf at the Gunsin Park could have had something to do with Mother Nature working her magic uh, nearly every day since uh, the last meeting back there in February. But full credit to the small band of volunteers that also worked tirelessly on the track. The capacity fields in uh, most of the races with a number of horses missing out uh, due to uh, uh, the emergencies. And there were 18 jockeys, which was certainly above capacity for the two jockey rooms. So we had jockeys 
spread out right throughout the building in different nooks and crannies. I know it's a problem that a lot of clubs would have loved to have had, particularly last weekend. Uh, Toowoomba apprentice uh, Angela Jones was the star of the show. Uh, She had a winning treble, a second and two-thirds from her six rides. It takes her tally to 28 since her career began with those three wins from the first three rides, which we believe is uh, history-making. That was back at the end of October, so she's uh, certainly continued on there. Brisbane apprentice Olivia Webb rode her first winner at her third race ride. Uh, She's apprentice to Barry Lockwood now in Brisbane, and she teamed up with the Norma King of Chinchilla with the win of The Last Dragon in the first of the two divisions of the Cutis Class 1 over the 1,000 metres. So the club and participants were certainly grateful that Racing Queensland split the uh, race but also split the cutest bonus. So the last dragon, it was a good ride by Olivia. She had to uh, switch back to the inside there in traffic, and the last dragon got up to win by a short neck over striking princess for Gary Swanky, and third home there was Queen of Main Street for David Reynolds and Angela Jones coming from back in the field. So the cutest not going off there because the last dragon is by Money on the Gun, the son of Octagonal. That was bred by Luke Berger. Uh, sorry, uh, bred by uh, uh, Gary Turner, who raced the uh, damn Princess Dragon. She had three wins and 11 placings. So this horse won his maiden, actually, at the last Gunderwindy meeting in February, and since then has won at Springshaw. He's beaten under a length at Mackay last start. So it just shows the strength of the form there that he went around at $6 in that first of two divisions of the Class 1. The second of the uh, Class 1 divisions, Cutis, and the full Cutis going off here with the win of Like a Special for Pat Webster of St. George, and... Angela Jones sat on the speed and was uh, dominant in a close finish, though. Uh, half length over Salazar, a new horse for Matt Crop and Dan McGilbray. And third home, there was a little bit long time for Luke Morgan over the border and Jody Worley. But uh, like a special is uh, the uh, the uh, mare bred by uh, Luke Berger, a uh, cutest by Monashi Mountain. And they raced the uh, damn dual passport. She won seven races up to 1,400. And... Uh, she uh, blotted a copybook for beaten favourite at the Roma picnic, so she had the one back-to-back early in the year at Roma and Charleville, so she was back in form, proving too good there. The third event on the uh, program was the maiden plate over 1,000 metres at Capacity Field, and the re- race won here by Stella Way for Matt Crop and Angela Jones, uh, beating home two shades for Jason Gregory and Emma McPherson. Jason uh, won the race last year with, uh, well, two years ago, the last running of it, in Chasing Acres. But he just missed out there. Two shades are finishing strongly. And Peter Collada for Les Clark and Hannah Phillips running in third place. It was a, uh, a good performance by Stella Way and a great training performance by uh, Matt Crop, uh, this daughter of Red Dazzler. She's a, a very valuable filly. She had to sit out most of 2000 due to uh, uh, in- injury. Uh, but she's a full sister to Red Prince and Dazzling Red. They've won 12 races and 200,000 between them. Uh, that was her fourth run back from a spell, and uh, she proved uh, too good with a strong kick in the final part. Then we had the uh, benchmark uh, 55 over 1,200 metres. This is a win to Harry's Me Boy for Norm Larkin and Emma McPherson getting right up on the inside, beating the luckless invincible faith of Matt Crop and Angela Jones. So Angela didn't have it. Uh, everything go to plan on the day. It was bolting behind him. She had to peel on the turn, and the horse just got a little bit lost on the uh, tight home tracks balanced late and flew home to a miss out by a head but uh, and third in the race there was uh, Bowen Chains, the track specialist for Doug Fernando and Chaddy Worley but good performance by uh, uh, Harry's me boy uh, he's the son of my boy Charlie uh, 
Norm Larkin and Emma McPherson. Uh, he took 19 starts to win his maiden at Chinchilla, and since then he's run fourth at Toowoomba and won at Toowoomba, so he's now won three of his last four. He beat home Mojug Baby, who went around at uh, long odds on at uh, Toowoomba on Saturday night. Uh, so uh, the form uh, was pretty strong in that race, given the fact that Harry's me boy had beaten him, and he went around at $5 in the race. The $12,000... Uh, Kenway and Clark Brown and Hurley Gunderwindy Picnic Cup was the main event. And this was an all-the-way win for Folkstone for Luke Morgan, Jody Worley. Luke doesn't come up uh, to Queensland very often. In fact, his record is four from 12 with Queensland runners. Uh, this horse also had to sit out the whole of 2000 uh, with injury. And it was his fourth run back from a spell. Uh, he was runner-up to Liberty Head at uh, Inverell at his previous start. Well, he reversed the result there with Liberty Head chasing him all the way, but unable to run him down a clear winning margin there. Liberty Head for Peter Sinclair and Jacob Golden running second. And third home was Splits for Matt Crop and Angela Jones. Uh, there was uh, Olivia Webb experienced the highs and lows of uh, racing there. She, of course, won the first event that she was on a backside uh, when uh, the old-timer Silent Flyer uh, dumped her on the way to the uh, barrier. So it just uh, shows that racing is certainly a great, uh, great leveller. Folkstone's last win was in the 2019 Tamworth Rush. So he's a, a quality sprinter. He's an eight-year-old. He's uh, been dogged by injury, but that was his 12th career win. And the final race was a Class B over 1,400. And a win to Bill of Rights here for Kevin Sims and Angela Jones. Just dictating out front and sprinted away. Susie leads loving for Michael Hemmings. Emma McPherson should have won the race. Was three and four deep throughout and uh, ran, the mar- ran the winner down to a neck. And the third in the race was number five, Flower, for Rebecca Kerwin and Dan McGilvray. But uh, another... Uh, uh, Overdue win there for Bill of Rights, only his second career win. He was coming off consistent form at Toowoomba and he went around a short price to 20 favourites. So a good day of racing in Gundawindi. There was some good provincial form there and I think it'll continue to pay to follow. Ross to Chinchilla this Saturday. Uh, the normal Chinchilla meeting in April has been boosted by the running of the Chinchilla Cup, so it's six-race program. The Cup, of course, washed out in December, has been added to this program. So that will be another big meeting. That's all the news I have for you this week, boys. Good on Good you, Brett. Appreciate that. Brett Moody there reporting in on what happened at the Gundawindi and McIntyre Picnic Race Club program on the weekend. And Rob, Angela Jones with her six rides and three wins. It was not a bad effort. A good day at the office. Three winners, a second and two-thirds out of six rides, and now puts her equal uh, level pegging with uh, Dan McGilvery and Alicia Ross on 25 wins apiece as far as the Queensland Country Jockeys Premiership is concerned. And look at look at the youth involved there. I mean, Dan Ballard's been our standout country jockey for many years, and he's sitting there with 21 wins, still with an amazing strike rate of 28%. But Angela Jones, 32.9% strike rate with those 25 wins. Uh, and she's, she's leapfrogged to get up there in the tie for the lead, so it's going to be an exciting race to the finish uh, with these young uh, gun jockeys around. But I'm sure Dan Ballard will have something to say about that during the season too, Tony. Dan McGilvery, Alicia Ross and Angela Jones on 25 wins apiece, then Hannah Richardson on 24 and Dan Ballard on 21 round out the top five before we get to Emily Cass on 20, Anna Bacos 19, Robbie Farr on 18, Bonnie Thompson 17, Matthew Gray on 16. And while we're here, we might as well have a look at the uh, Trainers Country Premiership as well. And at this stage, Tanya Parry with a healthy lead over Billy Johnson. Tanya's on 30 and a half with uh, Billy on 26, then Todd Austin 21, David Rewald on 19, 
John Manselman, 17. Charlie de Villa is on 16. Then we have Craig Smith on 15. Glenda Bell, 14. And Kevin Miller also on 14. That's the premierships as they stand right up through until last weekend. The winners, the people, the places and everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat. Philly Slater wanted the lead and will get it. About three quarters of a length hasn't crossed to the fence yet. Down on the inside is Fluttering and Danny's Rule is right behind them quickly and that 3-0 have got away three or four lengths away to uh, Craig Lee Rafferty, high advice and Northern Great is on the outside but starting to run home into the straight. Philly Slater will straighten up here in the middle of the track about three quarters of a length. Now Fluttering kicked back up on the inside. So Fluttering has got back to the lead now on the inside. Coming out at Danny's Ruler. No one followed then back behind them by Philly Slater. Northern Great, the favourite Fluttering's in front here. Halfway down the straight, Danny's Ruler's trying hard, but it's all Fluttering, and Fluttering is going to convincingly win the first here. Danny's Ruler's second, tight for third. Philly Slater, or Craigley Rafferty's on the inside, and Northern Great was on the outside. It's a photo for third, and the last one home high advice, not all that far away, but Fluttering... Favourite uh, punters off to a good start here in the first. And Lacey Morrison was off to a great start, Rob, at the Atherton program on the weekend. But that was uh, uh, talk about uh, getting out there and, and staying in front and then having to basically sit and follow on from for the rest of the day. Lacey had five rides for a win and four seconds. Ran runner-up in the next four races for a combined beaten margin of a length and a half or just under. So you talk about good days at the office. They must be frustrating days like that, though so close to writing the program but what a great comeback story and more to tell of that comeback story we have peter rowe back with us this morning and welcome back to Bushbeat, peter as uh, we're going to look at uh, atherton home hill with you this morning because you know that form so well up there and of course any of your hot tips out of that cans meeting uh, this afternoon but yeah lacey morrison doing a good job in the comeback trial yeah morning guys she is she's um one of the best riders we've got up here and as we all know she was one of queensland's leading riders in her prime and um, I think after the break and, and motherhood and she's she's back and she's as good as ever. And also Charlie de Villiers, um continuing in great form with the double on the day as you go through those results out of the Atherton meeting. Yeah, Charlie's horses, they always go well at home or to be fair, they go well anywhere, Charlie's horses, but especially at home. And I think she had a couple of winners and a couple of seconds, so her team was on fire. But uh, as you said, Lacey came close to... Well, within a half a length each race of riding the card, so um, it was it was a day out for them and had some good results and and it was great to see Simon also back in form. He's one of our leading sprinters up here and a perfectly timed ride by Rachel. Seeing him take out um, the open plate as well. That fluttering uh, as a shooting to win took out the first one. I noticed the second horse said Danny's ruler. That's the fall to uh, Penny Agua now having its third start and it's already had a win. Um, yeah, he he was probably unlucky not to win his second start. Denny's ruler as well. He um, was all in all sorts of trouble at Mariba um, at his second run and, and came out on the weekend and ran another ripper. But Fluttering was the class horse in the race and got there, um, beat Denny's ruler and Philly Slater's as honest as they come. Um, it filled the miners in third. And to be fair, the third, third, fourth, and fifth they all went over the line together and we're all standing there scratching our heads thinking who'd run third. But Philly Slater got the bob there. And Janelle Ryan, uh, Janelle Ryan based at Atherton, and this horse likes to track three from five. Space time. He's a proven performer. Space time in that open plate, and uh, another close finish over Institution and Lachan. Yeah, they ran along at a hectic speed, and this Institution ran him a merry dance and looked on the turn like he'd pinched it. 
But as I said, a perfectly timed ride. Rachel got to the outside on space time and got the bob in where it mattered. And a um, dollar fifty, you'd like to see him win a little bit easier than that. But you win, you win. That's the main thing. Um, beat Institution, which hung on, and Lou Shan. It was um, another nice run. A bit out of form, Lou Shan, but a nice horse on his day. Now, Peter, tell me about Meteorano, because when I looked at the details here, Stephen Pateras moved it to Stephen Wilson. Stephen Wilson moved it back to Stephen Pateras, and now Stephen Wilson's riding it to the win in the maiden plate. Yeah, I believe he had a few behavioural issues, so he wasn't the easiest horse um, when he first came to the Pateras barn, and, and Steve's known for being able to handle the, the nasty ones. And um, It's back with Steve Pateras and Maria now in Atherton, but Steve does do most of his riding, and it um, it hung on. It was... It was a sitting duck with 100 to go and they were all coming at it but he was able to hang on my black exclusive male I was really happy to see him back in form he had a, a long injury layoff he showed me plenty of ability in his first prep before doing his suspensory at his second run and first up was disappointing but I think he was just getting back into the whole swing of racing and fast enough for him to much improve up to third as well and Shalee continued with the uh, second leg of the double but really pleased to see Masayuki Abi with I've seen a win, I think, just about every week in the last few weeks. So he's had one winner on the program. He seems to be back riding with confidence. He is. He's doing a lot of hard work at the moment. Mastery rides up there at Atherton twice a week. He drives up to ride for Charlie and a few of the trainers up there. And this is a newcomer to the North, Shay Roz. And it, it wasn't without supporters, but the favourite was Evil Eye Mac. And it looked home everywhere but the post. Evil Eye Mac, Shay Roz just peeled off its back at the 50 and nabbed it on the line. And... Old Clout, there he is again, bobbing up. I think he's every every week we're still he's still getting the threat of being retired, and, and he had another check for Scotty, and he was not as his day come um, running third, only beaten just over three. Yeah, they don't tend to like that word retire when they hear it. The horses, and it seems to improve their form. And you're wrapped up with the Class B with Metallica, uh, Troy Clive, and Emily Cass again kicking home the winner for this murder jewel five year old. Yeah, just camped off the speed. Again, I don't know, there must have been a bonus to get to the first turn um, in front up there on the weekend because they went a hectic speed in this and Emily just sat off on Metallica and never went around a horse and uh, stuck up the fence and got their musical girl. It did all the hard work and hung on for second and Amelia's Rainbow just, well, it, it could have went either way. All three of these horses within 0.4 of a length and it was a heads up, heads down. But I think the ride won that. Emily stuck to the fence, never went around a horse and and was able to sneak up and win. Now, I know you weren't at Home Hill, but you know this North Queensland form well. And uh, again, there were some doubles there. Geoffrey Felix, we know what a character and a good jock uh, Geoffrey is and plenty of injuries in his time, but it was good to see him have the uh, the double there on the weekend. But Johnny Mansman, again, having the field in the maiden, and he got up with the odds-on favourite there with uh, Reddy Betty. Um, but just looking at those results, um, firstly, that, that maiden, John nominated 12. Started five, one scratched at the barriers, picked up the whole lot with uh, Ready Betty. Yeah, um, you go to the races and you think you beauty were going to run first to last, and then something always happens, and one was scratched at the gates. But thankfully for Johnny, he still got the first haul, um, prize money wise. And yeah, Ready Betty got the bob in. Mashani Fortunes won a couple of nice races. I thought it was my tip for the race. To be fair, I thought it would would have been thereabouts, but. The punters got it right. Ready, Betty, Mashani, Fortune, and in memory of a mate, he's um, he's run a couple of good races that horse, and I didn't think he'd be seven lengths off at the home hill, but you never know, he might might bob up in the next couple of runs.
Yeah, I agree with that. Been following him and keeping an eye on, but that's another better than ready that gets the win. It was the first of Jeff's uh, double, and he combined with Robert Kirkwood. Now, they've, they've got a bit of time for this horse, Sansy Rose, and uh, I'm pretty sure it had a win at Innisfail, and uh, now it's two, uh, two from uh, eight, second at its last two at the Provincials, and I'm pretty sure I saw a full relation go through the catalogue at Capricornia, and uh, it was an online buyer, so maybe the Kirkwoods got back in to the next one, but uh, Sansy Rose getting up over Star Sign and got here. Yeah, you're spot on there. I was only talking to Sally this morning at the track and they bought the full brother, so it's, it's headed out of charters as well. Um, and Georgie Holt's got the one the year before, or the year after Sansi Rose. So um, all three of them are in the north and she's a nice filly. Um, she's in today again in the three-year-old uh, 950 in Cairns and will take some catching. Um, but this combination, Robbie and Jeff, when they get a winner, I tell you what, I'd love to go to the parties. They they know how to, to put it on and, and I can assure you there would have been plenty of tequila drunk on Saturday night and celebrating even on only a Class B at Home Hill. They celebrate the winner like it's a Melbourne Cup and that's what we love seeing about Robbie and Sal and, and Jeff when your odds are winner. It wouldn't have mattered what price the yearling went to the next day because they were going to be on it and the celebrations would have continued, as they would have with Johnny Mansman and Trinity Bannon. It's great to see Raiden back in this open field and getting back into form, this Fox Wedge, because he was second in the Stampede race, and I'm sure he'll be aimed for the uh, Battle of the Bush. And he ended up being too strong for a top field there, even though the scratching of Bo Jet. But now you had our Alicia's Lane, Mason's Chance, Fab's Cowboy. So John would have been pleased to see Raiden back in this winning form. Yeah, his run, I'm pretty sure it was at Mackay when Montana Philpott rode it. It was a really good run, um, and he always grows a leg back in the country fields. As you said, though, you could have taken this field and started it anywhere on the East Coast um, at a tab meeting, and it would have been... It's a quality field. Um, and it's good to see Trinity and John combine again. They they were a very powerful combination when Trent was an apprentice and, and first riding in her senior years. Um and you know when she gets on a Mandelman horse that they're, they're going to be hard to beat. Um, El Shaday, he's as honest as they come. Um, probably finds a 1,000 metres as far as he wants to go. And then you had old Mason's chance back to the 1,000 metres, only a length off him. So I tell you, I wish I wish we had some dirt tracks on the East Coast because I'd love to see Fab's Cowboy race our open company horses on the dirt. I just I think he comes to the East and goes on the grass, and I, I think he's a better dirt horse than grass horse. So I'd, I'd love to be there, maybe Charters Towers one day if we have an opening up there and see him line up against a field like this on the sand. I think, I think he'd be finishing closer than two lengths off him. Yeah, I agree with you, but uh, you'd still love to own him with the number of wins he's had. And two good stories come out of the other winners too, I think, in Carl Spry training and riding the winner, Hempstead. And also Ian Shaw has been having a real run with his horses uh, with the win of Dawlish. So I thought it's good to see Carl back and not only riding but trading winners. Yeah, most definitely. And 59 kilos, and I think he got to 59 quite easily on the weekend. So he works hard at his weight, Carl, and... Um, he was a, a leading rider and trainer in, in the Territory, and it's good to see him getting a winner here. Lefkis Island, as honest as they come, another one for Olivia that just is always there about. And, and stars don't rust, speaking of the inshore. Um, him and Karen Bread, stars don't rust, and I know he holds a soft spot. And with 62 kilos, he'd be only beaten a length and a quarter was a ripper run. And then, as you said, Ian um, Dawlish, I have a lot of time for Ian and Karen. We um, we camped with them at Ewan a couple of years ago, and ever since then we've kept in contact. And I love watching their horses go good. And um, Dawlish was able to just hang on from Cabello Oscuro from the Trinity Bannon Yard, and um, Billy Johnson and Dakota had side trip run third. But I love watching Ian and Karen's horses win because I know how much effort goes into them. And they've had a couple of nice horses over the time. They've got Almighty Meerkat who's still going around. I think he's won two from nearly a hundred starts and. 
he this Dawlish and, and Stars don't rust. I'm pretty sure they've read both of them and see them be successful. I, I love watching it. Speaking of Ewan, did I see in the draft for 21-22 racing dates that Ewan is going to be a tab meeting next year? Um, I believe that's this this coming. This, is it this, this later this year? Yeah, because it's September they race, and I believe at least the Friday is looking like being a tab meeting. I mean, often they clash with Cairns, but there was talk in the wind that um, we might not be racing that weekend because of some more track upgrades, and I think Ewan might have been able to secure the Friday at least as a tab meeting. I'm just uh, clicking on it, just seeing if I can spot it. And, of course, you know, it doesn't want to leap off the page as we're talking about it. But uh, I'm sure I saw that uh, that Ewan's going to feature in there somewhere along the way, which I think is fantastic. Oh, it is one of my favourite bush meetings up here. It's like, If that track was on the coast and had the maintenance that they were able to, to do with our coastal tracks, it would be super. Like it's For a bush track, it's got a long run in, and I, I love it. Fourth Saturday in September, that one? Uh, let's have a look. Yes, or it's Friday, usually, Saturday. Yeah. Yep, that's Friday, Saturday. And the Long Reach yeah. Cup's on the Saturday, Tony, with the... Uh, there it the, is. The yeah. ...tab meeting. And I wouldn't be surprised because they've always had good video coverage go out with that meeting too. Yeah, Friday 24th of September, UNATC Cup meeting, tab status. Fantastic. That's what yeah, we want to see great. continue to grow. I um, think so. And, and, and the spectators will just love watching the racing there. And, Peter, something I'm going to talk about a little bit later with some of the results too. Young people in racing, the young ownership groups coming through, are you seeing that up your way as well? I mean, we're seeing it in Rocky with them getting involved in these yearlings and the purchases with young guys like Kobe O'Brien down there getting his syndication groups going uh, with KO Racing. But are you getting the same impact in the Cairns, the far north and north Queensland areas? Slowly. Um, I know myself and Dad, we try and get groups of people involved in horses and I've got... um, three horses there, Shadow Royale, Small Reward and Warsinger, and they're owned by groups of people. And I'm, I'm slowly trying to convince a lot of people around my age that it's not that expensive to be a part of racing. You don't have to fork out millions of dollars like you, you think you do when you watch them on TV. You can have a tiny share for, for a carton of beer a month pretty much. And um, mm. people love going to the races. So why not have a share on a horse and go and say, hey, that's my horse racing, regardless of if you own the tail or the whole thing. You can go to the races with a group of mates to watch your horse race, and that's that's what I'm pushing up here. And it's yeah, I think it, the more people we can get involved, the better race in the country will be. Yeah, it's a, our future, the youth in racing, and they like like to have a punt. I notice the young guys, and it's really establishing itself out here with the young groups getting together and starting to own horses and um, picking up tried horses or getting in yearlings. So we hope that continues and. Of course, uh, you've got racing up there today. And are we going to see a continuation like Roy Chalami and Steve Wilson? Um, and Steve Wilson had a great day out at that um, Townsville meeting last Thursday. They had Hassett win as a combination. Then Steve trained uh, Tuniro. Then uh, Roy and Steve with Higher Realm. Now, wouldn't he? Isn't he going well, Higher Realm? Um, and Roy Chalami again with Willie Good. Uh, today's racing at Cairns. Are we going to see similar results, you think, coming through? Or does... Um, does Craig Lee Simo have a chance up there today? I notice in the longer distance racing now. Yeah, um, well, naturally, like Steve and Roy, they combine quite often, but they also have the Headley factor and, and obviously Tom buys quality horses. So um, they'd be disappointed if they didn't have winners like they do. Um, but as for today, I, I think Craig Lee Simo is a very good chance. He's, um, he's thriving up here. He loves the north and... In saying that, he went fantastic for Crystal, and Crystal had him, and, and she was completely honest when we bought him and told us how he was, and he's an absolute gem to have. And um, 
the one thing I love about getting a Craig Lee horse is Stan and Crystal are just as happy for us to have winners with them as they are when they have them themselves. And he, she was the first on the phone when he won at Mariba. And um, the other day when he runs second, she was on the phone straight away again, just as excited as if it was still her own horse. So I think he's a good chance. Um, I think later in the day, um, there's a horse returning from a spell called Battle Cry. I think Zach Lloyd rides it to Steve Massingham. It's, it's a nice chance. Um, and I think... I can't say I can win race two with Lickety Locky. I think Modernism is a very, very, very good horse, and I think I'll be chasing it home. But if Modernism does anything wrong today, I think Lockie's. I think I've finally got him back to where he was when he was down south. Um, so I think he's probably my best chance for the day. I'll give you a bit of trivia on Craigley Simo. He's out of a mare called Dim Sim, a Sabeel mare, and it was a mare that. Uh, Dan Fletcher, now owner of Talamon Stud, of course, uh, and the association with Sunlight. It was one of Dan's earliest mares, and he uh, passed it on to Stan to get in foal, and Craigley Simo's the result. So uh, Dan's been on a roll ever since Dim Sim, I can assure you, and it's only getting better at Talamon Stud. Well, that's funnily enough, I didn't realise the mare's name. And when we got him off Crystal, that's what I've got. I just call him Jim Sim all the time around the stables. <laughs> he's, a, he's got a few little tricks up his sleeve. He's not the easiest old horse, but he's an absolute gentleman when he, you need him to be, so that's amazing. Well, good luck with that racing of those tips out of cans tomorrow. You've got a pretty good record when you come on Bushbeat with your tipping. And uh, thanks again this morning, Peter. You'll be back in no time with uh, reporting out of the North Queensland and far North Queensland area. Thanks, guys, and, yeah, hopefully we get a couple of winners. Getting back to the grassroots of racing, this is Bushbeat. Rayman, free striding out in front. They're coming down the side of the track and go past the 600. Boingo travelling sweetly for Bell. Now on the outside, Chapelco putting itself into the race. Four lengths back to Ancina. Benjai Pegasus back along the rails. 420 metres to go. They straighten up and Drayman has a tidy lead as they come in. Chapelco moving up strongly on the outside. Boingo back along the rails. And then we go back to Ancina starting to join in down the outside. Goes for the whip on Chapelco. Bounds two lengths clear, goes clear and goes further in front, Chapelco, the young guys are cheering, they've had a decent bet and they're going to collect the money, Chapelco gets home gets home by two and a half lengths on Drayman held on well then we go back to Boingo and Cena and at the uh, tail of the field, Benjai Pegasus Only a field of five in the Patron Kate Dean Open at Longreach on Saturday but Rob, it sounded like there was plenty of interest in the race and as you say, the uh, the backers of Chapelco, the $2 favourite would have been very happy with Matty Gray's ride yeah, talking about young people involved in racing, well, this is a perfect example of the uh, ownership with um, Bradley Peckett, Sean Oates, uh, Liam Oates, Max Tanks, who was beside me with the filming of that, with the uh, vision there. He let let go one yelp down the straight, but then controlled himself. And an older guy, I should say these young guys, but they got an older one in the group called Andrew Watts, um, who uh, someone on social media had the cheek to pick up, why are you calling them young guys when Wattsy's there? But uh, they were all pretty excited and they all like to have a punt and it's a great example of them getting involved. Not their first horse, won't be their last. And he looked beautiful in the uh, ring, Chapelco. You just knew that he was the one to beat and uh, he's going places and he'll only get better this Northern Meteor over a bit more ground. But uh, it's great to see they're coming to the races, they're enjoying the day out, they get involved in fashions, young people. Now they're getting involved in horse ownership and having a punt on the side and uh, they got the bickies there on the weekend and more to come for Chapelco. Um, our Central West Jockey Premiership, the gap closed because Alicia Ross was stood down after race one where she ran second on Amadeo to get in the groove for Dave Rewald, the first of the uh, 
the double for the training double for David. Emma Bell kicked home, get in the groove. Now three from four at the track, likes it here. And that started the trend for Emma um, because in the following race, she got home for Rodney Little on Grey Falcon, a bit of an enigma. I don't think he's placed on our track, but he got up for the win, finally jumped with the field, settled beautifully the top echelon and got up for his fourth win, his third run at the uh, a third run back from the spell. And he beat Cacto Blasters. Good to see Melissa Berry, um, her first training ventures. I think she's had a couple of starters, or Cacto Blasters had a couple of runs for her. Of course, Jason Bavarovich's partner and Melissa and Jason combined with Cacto Blasters into second and Zorro Macho into third. And Dave Rewell didn't wait long to bring Zillator back after the Augustella Medant Cup run on uh, Monday when it ran second because he backed it up in the Class 5 plate over the 1,200. Combined, ridden and uh, trained by David. And Zillator took a lovely inside run, got the better of Jarhead for that run. Uh, dashed through, got to the front and uh, seven-year reward, battling on well with Jarhead getting going late for Rod Little and uh, Emma Bell into third. We've mentioned Chapelco and the day wrapped up for Rodney Little, another one of the doubles uh, here with Purple Trumpet, this Warhead four-year-old mare. First up since um, November and uh, it was impressive, led all the way. Brooke Richardson, great front running right again by Brooke over Porter Bell coming back from a spell and Kirill Fox into third. So doubles all round and Emma Bell closing the gap on Alicia Ross. She sits on 30, Alicia, with the Central West Jockey Premiership and Emma now sitting on 25. But uh, Alicia suspended. She won't be riding this weekend and Emma's one of those jockeys who are going to Ellie Smith's wedding this weekend. So she can't close, close the gap anymore there, Tony, either. Might have worked out all right for Alicia as she was telling us last week on the show she was riding at Rocky and then, as you said, stood down at Longreach and was going to then serve that suspension by the sounds of it, it's a, a timely sort of one because uh, all of her main uh, opponents are going to be standing out as well. <laughs> exactly right. But uh, they'll be bouncing back, of course, Black or one of those meetings in our area this coming weekend. But we heard the call from Andrew Watts of uh, the win at Nurama uh, with the Nurama Cup. And, of course, an interesting thing about this, Ross Tilly rode the first three winners. He got his treble, but as Wattsy reported to me, his last treble... Guess what? Came 15 years ago, oh. and you know what track it was on? Nurema. Nurema. There you go. Uh, so quite unique. He's bounced back. Of course, he's been back in the saddle a little while uh, during last year, uh, Ross, after being out for a long time. Now, congratulations to this club, Tony. They lost their meeting two years ago because of the dry weather, the cracks in the track. They've been battling a different reason to get the meeting this year. They had 160 mils of rain three weeks ago, and it's uh, been a battle to keep the water off the track. Credit to the club. They got it back in perfect conditions. They've used their infrastructure money. They've got a new secretary's office. And from what what's he told me, a brilliant jockey's room with a common area and everything for the jockeys. Um, so it's really great to see they bounce back, as did Maxwellton that we'll report on as well after they lost a meeting with track conditions. So these clubs putting the work in, getting the result, a growing crowd of 300 as the day moved on because they come from the properties and the parties continue into the night. All winners came with a charleville connection. As I mentioned, Ross Tilly, uh, the win on Expellable for Gary Bignall, the unencumbered, taking um, the win in the benchmark 55. A lot of these horses having first runs in the stable. You get the situation where uh, horses move to these stables, I think, for some of these meetings, and Expellable got, over, got up over Miss Moss and Star of Zazu. Ross continued with Shane Iverson back in the trainer's circle and back with a winner with the cutest money with Boomfire, the spirit of boom in the maiden, uh, over Sky Touch and Orders. And then, of course, he combined Ross Tilly with Gary Bignall for his leg of the double, the second leg prototype, the Eurozone five-year-old mare. 
uh, getting up over Eddie Gato and uh, Metrical. And then it became the Mark Johnson-Paul Randall combinations. High cost, as we heard, took the Nurema Cup. Exceedingly good eight-year-old. Two wins and two placings. His last four over Baby Merlin and Trommel Schlagen, the drumbeats. And then finally, in the sick benchmark 60, another Rothsay getting the result in Rotherby. Mark and Paul combining there over Chamberlain and Master of the Turf. So, again, there was only the five jockeys available, small fields, but exciting racing out at Nurema and that annual meeting. Good to see it back on the programs. As it is with Max Walton, uh, the Max Walton Cup, the feature event on the program, and it was the last race on the program. And Galea Warrior, Robert Burrow and Rick McMahon, this helmet seven-year-old, two wins in a second, his last three runs. And Rick McMahon is back with a vengeance with his form. He had to wait all day for that win, but it was too strong over loud enough and tell everybody. Sean Roy's had a good day out there at uh, Max Welton because got the double with Salantis with Jason Hoopert, another exceedingly good getting up over M8 and uh, Kobe's strategy. And then she combined with Jason with Duntroon Mare, a Hinchinbrook. It's been third at its last three runs in Mount Isa, defeated wrongly accused and our girl Jackie. So great result there for Sean. I think I saw something on social media that she said it's a long, been a long time coming. Uh, enjoy the double on the weekend, I'm sure. Missed out, Dan Ballard. There's one of Dan's wins uh, for Damien Finter, a pluck six-year-old defeating our recipe in Magic Town. And the other winner there that came off a run at Winton that I noted, we'll beat it, Jim Jackson and Timmy Brummel, this wicked style, got up over another sizzling in Miss Ziz and Zaphire Wings and the whole three, the whole field was cutest and that's just great to see the depth of these cutest fields continuing to grow, Tony. And we wrap up with Gimpy and, of course, Gimpy had a very good five-event program. Quite a few jockeys available there for the meeting on the weekend. It kicked off with first bid and Gemma Steele. Gemma on the comeback trail, and I think she's had a win at every the last three meetings she's been to. Good to see her back, combined with Janine Armstrong with the Sidereus, Galloper over Azolican Miss and my bestseller, and it was first up since January, so a good training performance. Isabella Tay got up for Daryl Gardner on Mountain Courage, a Monashi Mountain that won here three starts back over Solid Asset and crisscross and then Corey and Kylie Gearan uh, this combination I mentioned young Kobe O'Brien well here's one in his colours KO Racing Colours Silent Weekend he's a part owner in it and he's just living the dream doing what he's been wanting to do for many a year and that's get groups of people and groups of young people involved in racing there's three year old filly by Headwater got up at the first run at the track um, and it had been third at Toowoomba its last run defeated Daunting Adventure in all gain then another spill the beans got up in the following race, Champagne Spirit for Alan Robinson and Jake Malloy, one at Bundaberg, so it likes the sand, defeated True Telly and Super, uh, Super Lux. And on the final event on the program, a Piero that's won two from five at the track, Prestino for Mark Lewis and Malia Castle, defeated He Can Rock Me and Russian Missile. So some sand track form coming out, but there's also a few in that meeting that uh, were having its first run at the track. And as I said earlier, Tony, it's really great to see the enthusiasm these young people coming into racing are showing in terms of ownership, and we hopefully it can continue to grow across the state. Rob, that last race there at Gympie on uh, on Saturday was a coast-to-country league, uh, was uh, the Class B over the 1470 with Prestissimo for, as you say, Malia Castle and Mark Lewis uh, combining there. We're three legs into the five-leg series so far. We've been at Bundaberg, Monto and Gympie. 
Uh, next leg's coming up. Uh, Burren Down with their annual picnic ending on the 8th of May and Gainder wraps it all up on the 5th of June. And it's wide open, the uh, the point spread at the moment. Three points apiece to the three winners so far as far as the uh, the trainers and uh, the horses are concerned. But uh, Isabella Tay taking out the first two legs at Bundaberg and Monto has a six-point lead or rather is on six points and has the lead over Malia Castle on three and the jockeys. But three points apiece at this stage for Kim Afford, uh, Mark Lewis and Alan Robinson for the trainer's tally. And in the uh, the horse tally for the owner's uh, bonus there, we're looking at uh, Champagne Spirit, uh, Modern Family and Prestissimo, the uh, three winners out of those three legs so far. And as I mentioned, the uh, next leg is going to be a burn down coming up on the 8th of May. And you mentioned some more good racing coming up this week, following on from the TAV programs today at Cairns, Thursday at Tarnsall, Saturday at Kilcoy. We also have the Barco Amateurs racing at Blackhall on Saturday. Bowen Turf Club and the Chinchilla Race Club are in action. As Brett mentioned to us, it's Chinchilla Cup Day. The Dirt and Dust Festival at Julia Creek will feature their race meeting this Saturday, the 17th. And there's also racing at Thangool on the weekend. Yeah, I noticed 47 nominations for Blackall. I haven't looked at the others, but I'm quite sure it's going to continue to be strong uh, over the weekend, Tony. I know we had a big show this morning, and uh, again, thank you for the time to report on country racing. Uh, email me at barkersnews at optusnet.com.au if you've got any great stories uh, coming out of the race meetings you go to. And uh, I'm sure if you want to get involved in owning a racehorse, there's plenty of people who will help you out there. Just get in contact with various trainers and people you might hear their names on uh, Bushbeat regularly. But we'll be back next week to report on all those meetings again, Tony. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you to Rob Luck, Peter Rowe and Brett Moody for joining us on this week's edition of Bushbeat. And as always, we will be back next Tuesday morning, rounding up all of the country news. Have a great week.